This episode of the Red Bull Ramp is by the fine patrons that support us through patreon.com slash Ramp. You can support us for the low, low price of $1 a month, and you can get exclusive content, including a monthly wrap-up for the New York Red Bulls. We want to send a special shout-out to our patrons who support us at $5 a month. That is our producer-level reward. Thank you to Jeremiah Dempster, William Martin, Gwen Rochesco, Clayton John, Chris Adamek, and Maeve Dartinez. Now, on to the show. The Red Bull Rant is a free-flowing conversation amongst three lifelong wackos that may contain adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, my friends, to the show never ends. This is the Red Bull Rant Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Ipico. I'm Pat McDonald. I'm Truman, and this is probably episode 390, but we don't even know anymore. It is. This is 390. I made sure. All right. This one's called Mechanical Failure on the Final Lap. Brought to you by Pawn Watch. <laughs> uh, so that's a, a great title for this episode, and a, apparently a good sponsor. <laughs> a sponsor we made up two seconds before hitting record. I liked it better when we had Jesse Marsh's Moving Company sponsor us for that one episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So, New York Red Bulls almost won. Almost being the key word. Oh, God. Actually, you know what? Forget the tweets. We're going right to the first voicemail because that was the perfect segue. Hey there, guys. My name is Eddie. I just wanted to add in the into the collective groan for the end of that game yesterday. This is more of like a quick rant than much of a question, but being in the South Ward to see that game, and of course from the home opener, I I could at least chalk up the home opener to be like a really good performance from the team, and somehow St. Clair having the game of his life out of nowhere. But this game, it felt like there was a lot to be desired on a lot of the team's part. Maybe this is just like me, like me watching on the field and I just have to rewatch it on TV. Maybe I'm missing something. But it felt like, I guess we're going back into the Klamala uh, discussion of like, is he just missing something at this point? Like, is he like, is this going to be what we're going to see for a while now? Because I, I don't know if you guys, or answer this on the show, but if you don't, what do you think about, is there anything to make out with Klamala being subbed out at the 52nd minute for Barlow? And then somehow Barlow, get, or, or future Golden Boot winner Barlow getting getting his goal. <laughs> it, it was, it, yeah, it was pretty interesting to see. And then, of course, being in the South Ward at that time was, so inflating and so exciting to see. And then, of course, at that last minute goal was just was just a gut punch more than that loss to Minnesota. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thanks again, guys. I've been listening since the summer of last year. This is the first time calling in. You guys have a really great show, and I can't wait to listen to the episode. All right, bye-bye. I, I wish we could not wait to do it, because we. but it's, man... Games like this, it's fucking pow- it's painful to do this podcast. Painful. 
It really is. Ah. Yeah, it's God. it is. It's pain. It's painful to just have to Ugh. like recap games like this. Uh, so far more frequently than we wish we would. And I think to uh, some of his points. I mean, Klamala. I think he is what he is. I, I you know, I think I've, I've been harping on that for a while now. I, I just, I don't think he's anything special. Um, he is what he is. I mean, if they had other goal scoring pieces, it wouldn't be so obvious. But I, I just, you know, I think yeah, it was Klamala was just one piece of pretty loud overall lousy performance in that game uh where they were it seemed like they were about to luck luck out with a win before obviously a very deflating late goal go ahead jake because i'll we'll we'll touch more on on uh i'm gonna touch more on him later yeah yeah and we still got tweets and another voicemail which by the way i love how this is the game that we get not only with two voicemails in like the last at least two years um but yeah, this this has just been a disappointing two home games, mm-hmm. and uh, I agree with Eddie. This one was the worst of the two. It, it's one thing to draw, right? At least at least you didn't lose, but it's a thing to lose where your very newest signing gets brought in for the last few minutes, is specifically told to hold the ball turns it over and a full field counterattack scores a game winning goal literally before the whistle gets blown game tying goal but it felt like a game or sorry game game tying goal but yeah it did feel like a game winning it felt like goal. game winning yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, i i don't know why but if like after they scored which for people if you don't realize it that second clean own goal there was not a Tom Barlow goal um, for some reason, I was like, okay, I, I, we can handle, you know, playing defense for the next 10 minutes or so. Oh, I, that that apparently was a stupid idea to, to have hope for 10 minutes that we could play defense. But We're jumping ahead. We're analyzing. We still have tweets. tweets I know. I know. Another voicemail. A voicemail. <sighs> All right. Let's get to the other voicemail. It's a very interesting voicemail. Shit, of course it went away on me, and hold on a second. Hi, yeah, it's me, uh, Super Struber. Hi. Yeah, today was not um, good, as we would say. Yeah, I would rather call the chopper. Come here to save us right now, because I don't know any other way. I try very hard, you know. I look, and I try. But then I say, Struber! He's he got really drunk after that game really fast. <laughs> he did because I'm pretty sure that voicemail came in within an hour. Like, <laughs> yeah, that one came in real quick. After that, game. <laughs> that 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 was a let me do this post game news conference thing and then go hide from the players, get drunk <laughs> the and call the Red Bull Rant. Found <laughs> a bunch of like Bavarian loggers and then called the show. <clears throat> he got the Eastern European versions of Four Locos. Oh, yeah. That are still somehow around. (laughs) All right. So, uh, Truman, you have the tweets ready to go? Yeah, I'm just going to read a couple. Well, Tony knows it's very easy because it's this baby group puking. Yep. Um, And that sums it up right there. And, of course, our friend Jeremiah at Red Coach J. It's not as bad as it seems, guys. Let the rage flow through you and then feel the sweet release of the catharsis. Repeat after me. Only four games in, playing well, 
two one and one. Only four games in, playing well, two one and one. Jeremiah, I would love to agree with you. I really would, because if you look at the overall scheme of four games in and it's two one and one, fuck yeah, baby. Here's the problem, as we all know. You were two and oh with two games at home and you got one point. Mm-hmm. That is the problem, and now you go to New England uh, next weekend. Now this weekend, obviously next weekend, that's the killer. And and again, this is a pickup of last year with these ho- with these playing it like shit at home mm-hmm. early on in the season. What the fuck is going on, man? Um, I just listen. Whatever you want to think about this team, mediocre team, crappy team, good team, whatever. Getting one point. And scoring one goal in two games at home is very, very bad. It's I mean, it's downright unacceptable, really, when you come right down to it. If you're if you're a team that's making any kind of progress, uh, push for anything, uh, which I mean, I think most of us, at least I, don't really think they are. I mean, I kind of agree with Gerhard Schuber's own uh, critique of the roster at the beginning of the season. Um, yeah, no, it's it's uh, I, I I I again I'm with Truman. I would love to agree with you, Red Coach Jay. I I just don't see it. Uh, I I'm at this point. I I think those first two games were flukes. Uh, at this point, I think they're flukes, and uh, I think we're in for another drag of a season. You know, I, I, we're just going to be overall unimpressive. Probably still squeaking to the playoffs because you know anyone and their mother can make the playoffs these days, but. Uh, Nothing really to look forward to at the end of the season. It's kind of sad how we scored seven goals on the road and scored one at home. And one. Yeah. Unacceptable. Yeah. And can't, and can't do I, that. And I, I think one of the biggest reasons is actually been Struber and his decision-making because first two games on the road, we started two up front. First two games at home, we only started one up front. And... I think those first two games proved that Christian Caceres and Tom Barlow, uh, this is going to sound really weird as much as they're not great goal scorers, but they are a better fit for a pressing system than Kamala is. Kamala has his moments, but Tom Bar- like when Tom Barlow came on the field, to me at least it seemed like there was a different energy in terms of pressure of uh, Columbus and trying to win the ball up the field, which is the whole point of this goddamn system that's been in place since 2015. And if your designated player can't do the thing that he was brought in to do in the system, that's not a good sign. Hopefully when Fletcher gets his legs under him and starts games, he can do something. But even his appearance was... Was not good. It was a minute. It was literally like a fucking minute. Yeah, but all he had to do was hold the ball. Uh, I mean, there was a number of things he could have done than what he did do. I mean, he could have even dumped it off to Barlow, who was kind of in on goal. Uh, He just got, I guess, presumably got overexcited and wanted to open up his account. And then before you knew it, he was surrounded by three, you know, three crew. Yeah, or even just booted out of bounds, right? Worst case, that Columbus is taking a throw in, but it gives your team a chance to reset. But uh, this is just, I don't know, a really bad, to me, a really bad performance. Um, 
and, and I hope it really is that these two games are an aberration, but I don't feel like they're going to be. I, I feel like, Pat, where the first two games are the uh, are the the exception to the rule for the season. At least that's how it, it feels to me going forward. We, you know, road wins are great, even if they're against teams you should beat. And especially when you win by two or three goals, to me that means you're doing your job. But when you come home, that means expectations. You have to perform the same way, if not better. And they haven't even performed the same, and that's not a good sign. So I'm assuming those were our dislikes, unless you guys have anything else you want to dislike. I mean, do you want to get into specifics? So I'll point this out specifically, and I know – you know, it's it's very easy to pile on uh, Patrick Lamala, um, but th- get get these guys the fucking ball. They, they lost all kinds of creativity in the midfield again. Getting the ball to your scoring players, it just didn't fucking it didn't happen. Uh, they press, and then it was one of those games that you watched again, where they press great turnovers, and then the ball just fucking disappears. Uh-huh. What I mean, Pat, you want to talk about the fucking half-hearted passes during half the game? Oh yeah, you know. Past the guys that weren't even there. There is so oh, I mean, we can go on and on, but I think again, you want to jump on the forwards, but someone has to get the ball on these guys' feet. Oh. Someone has to get them in that scoring position. Um, I think pulling God, I I mean I can go on and on. I think pulling your striker for one for just another striker. It, it's fucking stupid. You gotta you gotta score goals at home. I'm sorry. I I hate the one fucking forward thing. I fucking hate it. They played with two. You take some of the pressure off the one striker. I love two guys up top. And if Ashley Fletcher's playing, and if when he's ready to play 90 minutes, he, please do not tell me one of those guys is going to ride the bench too. I want to fucking see two people up there. I want to see two threats. Legitimate well, scoring threats. Considering the personnel you have on the team, you have to have two strikers because you don't have goal creative. I mean, yes, Lewis Morgan, uh, who I'm repping with my brand new jersey, I must say, right now. Uh, Lewis Morgan is one, despite the one game where he scored a hat trick, I mean, is he going to be a consistent goal th- threat? And the fact of the matter, he's probably the only true winger on this team. I mean, if you're going to have a single striker system, you need goal scoring winners on both sides or, you know, guys can do get the assist in and ripples don't have that. So you need to do the two striker system. Uh, you need to make it work. It didn't work last year because Fabio and Kumal did not complement each other. I also think maybe both of them just aren't good. Um, Fletcher, I'll be, I, I'm looking, you know, it's very easy to shit on him for how that game ended, but let's not forget the ball still had to travel a hundred yards to the other side of the field before yep. it went in. It was a comedy of errors that led to that goal. And which by the way, there was a crew player off the field at that point with an injury. So the crew did that with 10 men on the field. You know, that's another little detail. I think a lot of us forget. It was a comedy of errors that led to that goal to death. Um, yeah, it just, you know, it, it's, it's just frustrating to see this team perform. Uh, yes, there is no creativity. Lukinas came on, or actually, wait, they said it in the game. Uh, they, if I remember correctly, correct pronounces Lukinas. Uh, that's what they said over the last speaker at the stadium. Um, he, I mean, d- despite one nice pass in his cameo performance in the last game, uh, not much here. Uh, kind of hot dog down the field on that last play instead of uh, trying to get back in there. Um, Matt Doyle has a good analysis of that total breakdown on that final play. Uh, I mean, he's been, I mean, I feel like Lukinas has been here long enough that 
He's been here a couple weeks now. He's a designated player, and he's not started either of the two games he's been in. That should worry people. It should. Designated players should not be on the bench. They should be on the fucking field, you know? And they should be on the field quickly. So then they should make a difference as soon as they end up on the field. So um, obviously a lot can change. You know, looking, uh, designated players started slowly before. Uh, but yeah, you just gotta hope that um, uh, that Fletcher can do something. Barlow, obviously not, has never been a never a proven goal scoring threat, but he's definitely a high energy player. Does something a little, he's different um, than I guess you say Kamala. Maybe Fletcher, we'll see. Uh, but right now, just uh, we, I guess all you can do is hope they figure it out. But uh, you know, it's not looking good so far. You can't again, as I think we've hammered home so far in this in this podcast. You cannot do at home what this team did over the last two games: get one goal and one point out of two winnable. When you come right down to it, winnable games. Yep. Uh, final kind of this, like, and I wonder if Metro Fanatic can answer the question: Has there ever been a case where we've been outscored in a game that we've tied? Because on the score sheet, we technically Columbus scored two. Yeah. That was a bad joke. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I thought it was going to work. Yeah, it's all right. They can't all be winners. No. I, certainly, I was, not, certainly not this game. Yeah. I mean, I got to admit, on that replay, I thought Barlow scored with his dick. But <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I swear I thought he was the one that put the ball in, but yeah. I guess that was the, uh, the scorekeepers being generous to Columbus. I thought he was going to join in with uh, Cahill, with the, the, the dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, is there anything that we like about this game? Well, I mean, Carlos Coronel, right? He made a fucking massive save in that game. Yeah. Absolutely massive. Um, he made a save on a play that was offside, so it didn't really matter. Um, but I, I, huge save on Derek Etienne, but Derek Etienne. Oh, Isn't geez. this the Derek Etienne we know? <laughs> Derek, this is the guy that we've known for years cannot score on like a, 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 not a gimme goal but like you got to score on that play right you got to yeah. score on it and that is that is the that's just Derek Etienne Jr. for you I mean going one-on-one with the keeper times. going one-on-one with the keeper over his whole half of the field's kind of as close to the gimme as you can get right yeah, yeah. Yep. we just see it over and over with him but props to uh, Carlos Carano for making that big save because that that was huge that does remind me because uh, Zard has also missed one. So to go back to the negatives, I mean, really, we kind of should have lost this game three to one. <laughs> I mean, there, there's multiple opportunities in which crew should have put this away early and often. Um, but if if you want to get a positive, um, the cheesesteak at Stadium wasn't too bad. There you oh, go. All right, it was all right. Solid cheesesteak for Stadium. That's my only real positive from this game. That they're pretty much the side from that you know the goal they the own goal they got on the board with uh nothing particularly impressive i mean well yes cornell you're right you're right i mean he did he did do well i'll just echo cornell because if it wasn't for him we would not have been even in that game at the end we wouldn't yeah. have, we, when we scored that goal i i think at some point i texted you guys before that that it should have been three nothing crew so we were looking at possible four one, I think. Um, for food, because Pat brought up, I had a, 
I've tried uh, what was it the the hell of a dip brand the French onion dip that was pretty good. There you go. Oh, hell of a yeah yeah. Hell of a. <laughs> All right. Any afterthoughts? I'm I'm a little upset that I was literally watching two games at the same exact time. I had the Red Bulls game on big screen TV, and on my phone I was watching the Liverpool FA Cup, and each of those teams scored one goal apiece. Now, thankfully, Liverpool won 1-0. But, I mean, I'm watching two games simultaneously, and I'm only getting one goal from each team. Fucking A, man. Yeah. Right, I got no more afterthoughts. No more. I think I got everything out. <laughs> All right. So, prediction standings. Uh, I'm still in first. I have five points because I called 1-1. Truman is in second. Now, this is the part, and I'm going to... It's not controversy, because all the so, listeners will back me up on this as well. So, you're either at one or three points. I haven't double-checked. I am going to double-check, and I'm going to insert into this episode what you said at, at in post as proof of whether you get one point or three. Jay thinks that I last week on the podcast, I would have said that they were going to play with no strikers on the field. What kind of idiot would ever say that? I don't know why I have zero strikers it's in the notes. Because you, you messed up, buddy. And the it's one and the possible. zero is so far apart. They're so far apart. How did you put a zero <laughs> instead of a one? They're all the way over. They're over here. One's over here. One's over there. Not on the number pad. <laughs> They're right next to each other on the number pad. Two strikers, two, two tie. One striker, one, one tie. Come on. The listeners will back me up on this. They got my back. Well, it it will be in. I'm gonna I'm gonna double check and I'm gonna put it in post, right by here, and I will adjust the score accordingly once I double check it. But you put the belt back. It's desperate. He's either way, desperate. you're in. Either no. way, you're in second place because because Pat, Pat called the loss and yeah. <laughs> didn't get it. So he doesn't have to call one this week though, so he's all right. Yeah. <laughs> sure. All right. Uh, next up, New York Red Bulls 2 are not playing well. Surprise, surprise. Ooh, weird. 1-0-2, uh, three points. One goal for, five against. Tenth in the Eastern Conference. Uh, two matches since our last show. A one nothing win at Atlanta 2, in which both teams got a red card. Followed up by a 3 nothing loss versus Luton United, in which Red Bulls got a red card in the second straight match. They had a match tonight against Louisville City. I do not know if what the score is. And because my computer's acting up, I'm not going to check. Um, there was only a, a social media app that I could go and find. Score. I'm going to see if I can find it. If only Google, which I can do quickly, actually, now that you're giving me a chance to do this on my phone. Oh, shocker, they lost 2 nothing with the red card. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what the hell is with red cards in Red Bull, New York Red Bulls 2? Oh, enough. All right, so let's see. How many straight games have they gotten in the red card? Okay, one, two. So three straight games with the red card. Nice. Nice, that's how you play. That's <laughs> playing tough right there. There you go. All right. Um, Gotham FC 
Uh, started their Challenge Cup group stage, uh, unfortunately, with a 2 nothing loss at the North Carolina Courage. Their next match is this Friday, March 25th, at the Washington Spirit. I think we talked about it last week. Unfortunately, they got three straight road matches to start their group stage. Yeah. So, tough schedule to start. <clears throat> All right. So, the reason the Red Bulls don't have a game is because it's the international break. Woohoo! which means it's time for the United States soccer team to hopefully qualify for the World Cup. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, Aaron Long is with the team this window, so we'll see if he gets to play. Maybe he can uh, boss around some Panamanian or Costa Rican kids. So the current standings in the group stage with three matches left. Canada's in the lead with 25 points. U.S. and Mexico are tied for second with 21 Panama is in fourth with 17. Costa Rica is in fifth with 16. El Salvador is in sixth with nine. Jamaica in seventh with seven. And Honduras is in eighth with three. And I know Honduras is actually is officially, I think Jamaica is technically out. Um, yeah, they're, they're technically out because they can't reach Panama. Uh, so points needed to automatically qualify which means they have to end in third place. Uh, 26 points they would need to get to the, the U.S. Costa Rica is the closest that can possibly catch them. Uh, can max out this window at 25 points. So 26 is what you need to automatically uh, advance. To make it to the playoff round, it looks like that number is 19 because El Salvador can top out at 18. So... For it seems that we could finish no worse than fourth, but stranger things have happened. So yeah, well, we, we were all here four years ago. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. So three matches. Uh, first one is tomorrow night at Mexico at the Azteca. Uh, that's 10 p.m. Sunday, March 27th versus Panama, and I don't have the time for that written down. And uh, the last one is. Wednesday, March 30th at Costa Rica. And I really, really hope we don't go into Costa Rica needing a win because that would suck. Indeed it would. So, Pat, since you're the resident international expert here. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> what, do you, uh, what are your thoughts on the United States national team? Well, I mean, it, this is, it sucks that, like, this is the toughest window they have in all of qualifying, and it happens to be the last uh, window. Uh, they've never won um, in Canada or in Mexico in a World Cup qualifier. Uh, they have won in Azteca in a friendly. Uh, they've also garnered one point away in World Cup qualifying all time in Costa Rica. Uh, actually, wait, no, I could be wrong about that. I feel like they've garnered one point in a friendly in Costa Rica uh, and no points in World Cup qualifying in, in Costa Rica. Uh, so it is not exactly an exciting... They, they should win against Panama. Um, uh, the other big thing with the U.S. national team is they just got bitten by the injury bug really badly all of a sudden. Um well, not all the sudden with Wes McKinney. We knew for a while he was out, and he has been arguably the best player on this team uh, throughout qualifying. Uh, right as they announced the roster, we found out that Serginho Des got injured in the Clasico against 
uh, Madrid. And then not long, actually during the Red Bull game, at least is when I learned of it, uh, Brendan Aronson got injured in Warren Must for Red Bull Salzburg. So he was unavailable. Uh, the plus is Gio Reyna's back. I mean, he probably can't play a full 90, uh, maybe in none of these games, because we don't really know where his match fitness is. Um, but uh, he is back, and he, when was when he was on the field for this team, he was uh, extremely productive, assistant goals. So that's a good that's good news at least. Um, I guess uh, the big thing is uh, obviously the big game is Mexico tomorrow. Well, the biggest game is Sunday against Panama. That is the only true must-win game in this thing. Uh, you know, it's I think in many cases a loss is expected in Mexico. And then, obviously, I think, as you said, God forbid you need anything in Costa Rica. Uh, but P- Panama is their truest must-win in this hole. You cannot drop points at home against Panama. Uh, on paper, the U.S. is better than both Costa Rica and Panama, even with those injuries, uh, considering the league where these guys play. I know playing time has also been down for a lot of these players, but what are you going to do? Um, but uh, for Mexico, I mean, I think a lot of there's a lot of pundits and fans out there who I think are saying – um, essentially mail it in and save you guys for uh, Panama. I'm not quite there. Uh, I think I do agree with there needs to be squad rotation because I think teams that try to put the same squad out three straight matches tend to lay eggs. They tend to lay eggs, but but third, I mean that's that happened to Costa Rica a lot until they this last window where they I think they got nine points the last window and that's where they're even in. That's why they're even in the position they're in. Um. And so, and they're going to need points. So there's a very good chance that they will be tired by that third match, which is which helps us out. So in Azteca, with the altitude, with the smog, with the heat, and all that good stuff. I mean, I'm I'm someone who thinks that uh, maybe like a B plus team to start the game. Uh, you know, bring on guys like Pulisic, Reina late in the game to if it's, if the game's still in hand, they could still maybe get a result. If you can get a point, that would be amazing. That, that would be, I think, uh, I mean, it wouldn't move the needle that much, but I think it would give the U.S. just a little bit more breathing room. Uh, then you get three points in Panama. If you get four points, I think, with one of those wins coming in Panama, I mean, despite what the numbers say, I think it should be fine. Costa Rica does start their window against Canada. Um, can, uh, you know, at home in, in Costa Rica, but hey, Canada has not lost the game yet. So if uh, Canada can at least at least get Costa Rica to drop points, even if they don't necessarily get the win, that would go a long way to helping us out. Uh, so I am still ultimately a bit optimistic that we will qualify, but uh, I'm not going to lie and say I'm not nervous. I'm extremely nervous going into these games um, because I I think I like many U.S. national team fans uh, is still shell shocked from four years ago. So. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed. Um, uh, let's hope for a good game tomorrow or, you know, let's hope they don't get run off the field. That's, I mean, if they could steal a win, that'd be fucking fantastic. They certainly had Mexico's number as of late, but they've all been in, you know, on U.S. soil, all those wins. Um, let's uh, hope they put the pedal metal and put the, you know, stomp out Panama because, I mean, you know, if they can get points from Panama and Costa Rica – that's great. I mean, well, three points against Panama, even one point because you're taking points away from teams that are chasing you. Yeah. Um, and that would be obviously greatly beneficial. So, yeah, let's just let's hope for let's hope there's no losses. Although I would not be shocked to lose tomorrow. Um, 
and let's hope we are let's hope we avoid the play-in game even though i think they can beat new zealand uh and on april 1st when they do the draw we they're the good old what group the good old usa will be in and of course tomorrow night's game will have fans in the stands because of course yeah, of course. Because, of course, the way the timing works out, the way the schedule works out, even though the most egregious things the Mexican fans have done has been on U.S. soil, hey, mm-hmm. means nothing. Yep. Did they ever actually serve a game with those bands that they, the two bands that they got? What was that again? They, they got like two different bands where the fans are not allowed in the stadium. Did they ever yeah. actually serve those? Yeah, Atlas, Atlas supporters and uh, Curitaro supporters aren't allowed. In Liga MX games right now. No, no, I meant they didn't Mexico the the yeah, Mexican Mexico FA, was, uh, the two game. Uh, it was like two. It was two different two game suspensions. One of them got bumped down to like one or nothing. But the second one, did they actually serve any of it? I believe. Yeah, I believe they did. Yeah. I believe. I, I vaguely recall watching games where there was nobody in Azteca. Well, we'll see. Hopefully. The players are safe. Whatever fans are brave enough to go down there are safe. And I mean, according to U.S. fans who have traveled to Azteca before, they say they've always been well protected. So I don't know. A point minimum. That's what I want tomorrow night. Point minimum. That'd be great. And maybe Honduras to show up for once. And that's sneak some that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's not happening. If Honduras sneak, somehow sneaks in and takes a point, that'd be that, great. Even that would be good. I'm not asking for three. I'm asking them for one. Yeah, it's not going to happen, but that would be great. <laughs> All right. Anything else on the United States before we move on? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, no sound effects tonight, unfortunately. My computer is acting up, so just have to move on. Uh, so next is the dumping ground. <clears throat> and uh, two things I threw on here literally last minute. Uh, MLS Next Pro. Oh, that's a great fucking name for the development league. Mm. Uh, they've announced that no games will end in a draw. Uh, if a game does end in a uh, tie at regulation, both teams will take part in penalty kicks to decide a winner. Oh, boy. Yeah. Because that worked when the MLS started. Not even, but it's not even the old 35 yard penalty kicks, which would be at least a little more exciting. Yeah, if they brought that back in MLS Super Pro Next Gen, whatever it's called, I'd be, I'd be down. You forgot Adidas. It's super. It's MLS Super Pro Adidas Next Gen. The MLS XFL, <laughs> whatever it's called. XFL. Yeah. Whatever. I hate MLS Next Pro. I think it's a terrible idea. It's so stupid. Just keep them in USL. Let them play teams that are trying to like build and win championships. They'll get better experience there than they won't be playing a competitive. Against a bunch of reserves, but eh, what do I know? What do the Germans know? I mean, they've only done really well with youth development over all these years. I mean, That's only New-, New York Rebels too only proved that it could work at the very beginning of the, the existence in USL. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, uh, Concacaf Champions League. Normally, I would not bring it up, but there's some teams that are deserve a little bit of laughing at. 
Uh, first, New York City FC barely survived its quarterfinal matchup. They went on the road with a three nothing lead, lost five to two in the second leg, but survived because of away goals. So close to blowing that. Yeah, damn it, oh, damn bad. them. That's right. New, New England followed it up properly though, because they also had a three goal lead they blew, and they lost in penalty kicks to Puma. Yeah, they certainly missed uh, Matt Turner in that one. Oh yeah. I thought he wasn't leaving till the summer. He's injured. Oh, he's injured. Okay, I didn't realize he was. Yeah, he's not with the U.S. team either because he's injured. Which makes sense. Yeah. Okay, and there was something I wanted to, I just thought of. Was it laughing at NYCC having to play their home uh, CCL match in Rebel Arena? No, but that is true that for, I guess, what is it? They're, they're now third, their third series in the uh, Champions League. They're not going to play at home. Yeah, yeah, because uh, New York. The first uh, one, the first one was in LA. Yep. The second one was in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And now, the th- now the semifinals are going to be at Ribble Arena. Yeah, because uh, Yankee Stadium's a Mickey Mouse uh, soccer field, and at least at least Concacaf recognizes that. Not MLS, right. but Concacaf. <laughs> I, I kind of hope. I mean, I feel like Red members should get dibs. On those tickets, like we should get first crack at them because I will totally buy some tickets root for Seattle. I don't give a fuck. Oh, or yeah. just turn around and sell them for a profit. <laughs> yeah, that's too. I mean, well, you know, you know, the New York City NYCFC fans are afraid of crossing the river, so they don't show up in Rebel Arena anyway. Yeah, but Seattle fans will fly across the country. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so the last thing I thought of this is not soccer related, so. Any soccer-related stuff you guys want to talk about first? Nope. Nope. Okay. So, USFL is apparently coming back. And I think this is kind of interesting. They announced some uh, rules today, which dif- uh, differs them from NFL and the NCAA. So, first is after a scoring touchdown, teams will have a choice of going for three points in addition Ooh. to one or two. 85-year field goal attempt. Uh, so, an extra point is a kickoff. There's a uh, field goal from the 15 like the NFL. Two-point conversions like the NFL. Three points is one play from the 10-yard line. Hmm. If you make that, you get three points. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, next is a alternative to the onside kick. So there will be you can have an option of a traditional onside kick or a fourth and twelve from the thirty-three yard line. If you come up short, the opposing team will take possession, uh, presumably at wherever the ball ends up. There you go. Oh my lord. Uh, let's see. Clock uh, clock stoppages. Uh, they will stop following a first down during the final two minutes of the second and fourth quarters. College rules. Yeah, so basically you can't run out the the clock as easily. Uh, For overtime, and this I I really like, it's a best of three as the NCAA does it where you get the ball from the two-yard line and 
you basically have one play to score and whoever scores the most in those three wins. And if that is still tied, you would then go alternating or sudden death. Think of it almost like PKs kind of. So just some uh, interesting rules the USFL has, and I think that they might actually work out. Yeah, maybe. Lots of fun for a, for another league that'll probably just last one season. So yeah, exactly. I mean, they're they're all the New Jersey Generals. I think aren't actually I think all six teams are playing. They're all playing in Birmingham, Alabama, right? Right, yep. right. All, all eight are playing in Birmingham. Oh, there's eight teams. Okay, well, yeah. represent your home team. Yeah, New Jersey Generals live from Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> and apparently, I don't know how, but they're having all the games in Birmingham, Alabama. But the replay office is going to be in L.A. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see a tailgate there. I'm a New Jersey Generals fan. We're, <laughs> we're blasting some Bon Jovi, some pork roll before this game. That's right. Did you know that Grover Cleveland was from New Jersey? Actually, His name is Grover. Name. All right, so anything else for Dumping Ground? Yeah, I have one thing, guys. A massive conspiracy going on. Huge, huge conspiracy in the Red Bull world. Is Russia behind it? Russia's behind all the conspiracy. I think they are. You can't tell me that in the final three laps of the first Formula One race (laughs) of the year that both Red Bull drivers go out. Something's going on. Max Verstappen's car just fails with three laps left. And Checo gets just spins out on the last lap. What's going on? Who's got the sniper rifle up in the stands and taking them out? Someone doesn't want. Yeah, someone doesn't want Red Bull to uh, win a back-to-back championship. I I smell it. Some I don't know. They don't. They don't want us to be successful. They really don't. Putin called Mercedes Benz and he was like, uh, you know, if they take out the Red Bull, you buy our gas. Speaking of speaking of uh, Russians, if you really want to see some shady Russian shit, the shadiest, shadier than invading Ukraine. The, the sh- uh, I mean, well, I mean that's just blatant. Shadier, not shady. That's not shady. That's just blatant, blatant. Watch episode four of uh, Drive to Survive on Netflix. I, I I I'm almost positive it's episode four of this season where Haas is their main sponsor is this huge Russian company um, where the owner of the company pretty much threatens to pull out if his son uh, doesn't get his car fixed. I just watch it and you, they'll be like, yep, this sounds, this sounds like Russia. This is straight up Russian, crazy Russian shit. Oh, Russia. Also, you should be watching Giants of Sive. Anyway, it's a fucking fantastic show where you can see how people with bajillion dollars live. And we don't. Yes. Uh, last thing for Dumpy Grants, just remember Bots FC. I'm surprised Truman didn't bring this up. Oh, uh, we can talk about it, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad. I, I jumped ahead to, to see it. <sighs> yeah, they lost in the first round in the round of 32, knocked out by Riptide. Um, very sad, pretty much got put in a spot where they could not just get their wheels back on the ground. That's the Red Bull rent effect for you. It is. It is. It was, it was so Metro. Yeah. I guess we just rubbed off on them. Um, yeah. I don't know. Very disappointing. I, we apologize guys. It's our fault. 
Never, never do our show again. I mean, just you're on good. As we have them on later on in the season at some point. <laughs> yeah, I was watching that. And I was, and I can't believe how quickly Riptide just took over that fight, and there was literally no chance for um, Shatter to do anything. Yeah, yeah, it it sucked. It, yeah, I was so mad. All right. Uh, so that's it for the Ground. Now it's time for Pat's. Wait, hold on. We can't do that. We don't have any less games this week. Well, you can bet on something. You bet on let, the man, let the man okay, gamble. I'm sorry. Let the like gamble, damn it. I'm oh, sorry. I'm oh, sorry. It's time for Pat's betting corner. All right. First, if you're like me, you're going to let it ride. With, you're going to find a friend in a non New Jersey state who has gambling. And you're going to put $5 on St. Peter's in the Sweet 16. That's Woo! what you're going to do. And after that, you're going to be ballsy. You're going to put $5 on the U.S. to beat Mexico tomorrow night in the Azteca. And another 5 bucks on Ricardo Pepe being up for that game because he's of Mexican heritage and he scores a goal. There you go. Those are my bets. If only $15. <laughs> if, if if it was allowed in Maryland, I'd place that bet for you. It's still has still not up and running yet for some reason. Uh, I, I got my I got my guy. I got my guy in Miller State. <laughs> is that state Colorado by any chance? It is not. Okay. It, it is in semi neighboring state. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so that brings us to the last segment of the show: Truman's terrible team of the week. There we go. I did it for you. <laughs> Uh, trivia question: Who is the first Major League Soccer team to lose to Charlotte Football Club? That is the New England Revolution because they are starting off this year terribly. Um, I mean, losing in Charlotte three to one, so it's not a blowout and it's embarrassment. But you did give them your first win, so uh, well deserved, New England Revs. And you're coming off the Supporters Shield; you should be better than this. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't go with Miami. I mean, how many times we're we just gonna beat beat that team down? Yeah, but they lost to Cincy. Yeah, again, Cincy and Charlotte. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, Cincy's won the wooden spoon three straight years. Sure. Well, I think they might get outspooned by uh, <laughs> Miami. Charlotte. <laughs> I I would say Miami's the better bet. Yeah. See the the so Pat the the bet you got to find out is how long. But what are the odds for Phil Neville making it to the end of the year? Oh, man, can't be that many games, right? He, he's been a colossal disappointment. Well, I mean, everything top to bottom in Miami's been a colossal disappointment. Yeah. Except, uh, you know, uh, Beckham's still got his devilish good looks, I guess. I mean, if, and, if, if like, next, uh, next, you know, yeah, you know, ne- next game he has, like, a scraggly beard and he's dressed like a Sherpa, then we know <laughs> nothing, then Miami is just, Totally fucked. I, I give him a pass for year one because that was COVID. Just hit him at the very wrong time for when they're starting up. Miami, I feel like, wasn't terrible year one. They weren't. but Yeah, they like kind of almost made the playoffs, right? Or did they make the playoffs? No, they didn't. But they, they, were, they weren't bad for an expansion team, especially considering they had to go through COVID. Yeah. So... But yeah, last year, last year and this year is not that great. 
All right, let's wrap this one up. You can visit us patreon.com slash Rant. One buck a month is all you need for exclusive content, such as monthly wrap-ups, live post-games, anything we decide to do. You can email us, redbullrant at gmail.com. You can call us and leave us a voicemail like two people did this week, 973-348-5329. We will play you on the show, clearly. Well, especially, especially if you're the head coach. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you just you get automatic in at that point. Well, like Eddie said, he said this is more a rant than a question. Rants, plenty welcome. Yeah. Don't name have to of just the ask. Sh- name of the show. Don't have to <laughs> ask the questions. I mean, we, we were originally going to have a segment called Rants of the Week, and that didn't last long because we realized we could not rant every week. It helps yeah. if you guys do. Uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash Red Bull Rant. On Twitter, at Red Bull Rant for the show, at Dr. Stoosh myself, at the Truman for Truman, subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast. Last words before we get out of here. America, fuck yeah, gonna win in the Azteca. America, fuck yeah, get out there with three fucking points now. There you go. That'd be a beautiful thing. All right. So for Pat, Truman, and myself, this has been episode 390 of the Red Bull Rant. Thank you for tuning in. Let's go, USA. Adios. Late.